Hello, and welcome to the Table and Well podcast. I'm Tennyson. And I'm Janelle. Thank you for joining us as we discuss topics and give practical tools that help you live, grow, and be in healthy, joy-filled relationships with God, yourself, and others. For more information and resources, or if you're looking for coaching, connection, and community, please visit tableandwellco.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you for joining us again on this episode of the Table and Well podcast. This is episode number 64. As always, please feel free to download and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. So this is going to be part two of the conversation that Janelle and I were having about our story. And again, we are very honored to be able to share this with you. Um, we covered a lot of ground in that first episode and um, or the first part of that conversation and like I said in the previous open, um, we just sat down and we talked. There was no script. There's no um, anything. It was just, let's just tell our story. And this is what the Lord has done in our lives and where we were, um, what led to us being in that spot of the breakdown and the undoing, as Janelle calls it, um, and what the Lord's doing today, what he's done through that and the beginnings of our healing journey or even how the healing began. So we're just going to pick up right where we left off. So I hope you guys enjoy part two of our story. And it became over time such a clear understanding that 90% of what was going on in our marriage, maybe even 100%, really wasn't about our marriage. No. And it would have, and I'm so thankful we didn't lean into trying to fix that. Yeah. <laughs> that it ended up being, oh, well, being married to a 10-year-old boy is impossible. <laughs> Absolutely. And leaves you feeling very unprotected, mm-hmm. unsafe, um, uncared for Yeah, because 10 year old boys can't care for, for no, people. They're no, not meant to, they're not meant to. And little girls who have suffered a whole life of abandonment yeah. are going to make sure that people don't abandon them. And they're going to challenge mm-hmm. that abandonment and any smell of the abandonment a million times over. Yep. And a little girl who has known how to parent from the time that she yeah, was, that's what I was gonna four say. years yeah. old turns her husband into a son. Right. Especially when he's 10. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we talk about this straight out, but like n- even intimacy wise, no one wants to have sex with their mom. Right. Or like, their kid. Or their kid. Like that's a pretty bold statement, but it was so freeing for us to yeah. realize even when it came to stuff like that, like why we couldn't. Like intimacy was so, so hard. awkward and yeah, hard and awkward, for yeah. us. Yeah. Like that's a lot of information, but sorry guys, but it's true. And yeah. hopefully that'll bring some, some freedom to some people in the way that it suddenly made sense. Yeah. Why there wasn't freedom there, why there wasn't safety there. Yeah. Because we had, we were bringing, we were literally two kids married to each other. Yeah. We were literally like 10 I'm, at that time, I was probably less than 10. I was probably like six, seven, maybe. So you got like a 10-year-old and a seven-year-old. Nah, 10. I'll give you 10. Fine. You'll be 12. I don't know how old I was. We've never identified never, an age. No. So interesting thing, in case anybody's wondering about why 10. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. This is uh, a known fact in the trauma trauma world. And we knew this. This is the funny part. Oh, yeah. This was, is oh, that You have to remember, great. too, like at this season of life, oh, yeah. uh-huh. we had fostered 70 kids. We knew what trauma looked I'm like. A tra- I, I am and was at that time a trauma a trauma trainer where I was training people how to recognize trauma and how to deal with trauma and everybody else. Uh huh. Um, but and, we had never taken the time no, to realize how much trauma had affected our own lives right, and how much trauma actually was in our life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so Tennyson had a trauma, 
trauma event happened when he was 10 years old Mm -hmm. where he really wanted to help emotionally someone who really, really mattered to him. Yeah. And he felt completely incapable of doing that. Mm -hmm. No matter what he could think of, there wasn't anything to fix it. Yeah. And so that left him with the only choice of, of not being able to do anything except for just feel really sad and incapable. Right. And, and then s- good. And so, yeah. And then with, and then on top of that, there's, there was no other adults in my life to even process that with mm-hmm. or even talk about it. And so for the next 30 years of my life, anytime you, anytime anything would um, trigger me mm-hmm. or Citrine come up, I would revert back to that 10 year old little boy mm-hmm. and be stuck in this squirrely anxious I need to fix it, but I don't know how to fix it, Mm -hmm. but I need to fix it. And I should. And then being an adult, I'm like, well, I should know how to fix this because I'm 40. I should know how to fix this. Right. But then not knowing how to fix Mm -hmm. it. And so there's. And I thought you should know how to fix it, too. Right. And you let me know. And (laughs) but I let myself know that, too. Yeah. And and, so you actually struggled a lot in shame because of that. Just horrible shame, horrible shame. And and again, with our awesome counselor, it was like and and for the longest time, too, I wouldn't own. I never owned my story. Um. I never owned like, hey, there were things that I just I I just didn't learn. Like I, I would never, ever say that my parents neglected me or they didn't give me everything that I needed. Mm-hmm. But until I could own my own story, like, no, this this is what happened. Mm-hmm. My parents aren't bad parents. Mm-hmm. They just they did the best they knew how. Right. But until I owned my story. I couldn't even begin to get past that. Mm, that's really good. And so once I was able to own my story, then I was able to to move to start to move past mm-hmm. that. But up until that point, I would just sit and squirrel and mm-hmm. well and defend and defend felt the need to defend your parents. Yeah. Yeah. Which was really interesting because I think I think that's so good is that all of us are really here. Yeah. No parent is perfect. No. And in fact, we'll likely be recording a podcast with our daughter because yeah. just to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, too, we're telling the story and sharing with you that this happened in, you know, just a few years ago and our kids were out of the house. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't know what we were doing when, when our kids were little and now they have stories of how their parents didn't know what they were doing, but because of our immaturities, our relational immaturities, there were things that our kids just didn't get. Right. Just like you were sharing. Mm -hmm. And I need to button up because I didn't finish my thought on the whole trauma piece, but but when you experience trauma, significant trauma, yes, yeah, 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 it will cause your brain to essentially stick, stick, freeze. Yeah, that's a good way, good way to put it. So when you are in another traumatic situation that's similar, you will, um, it'll trigger that your amygdala, yeah. and you'll fight, 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 flight, or freeze, and um, or just even revert back to yeah. the yeah. age of how it was for you to respond in that moment. That that at least created it's like you go back to your response at that age yes that's yeah you, yeah you, what happens is if there's a a trauma that happens in any doesn't matter what it is anything then emotionally you're stuck at the age of that major trauma and mm-hmm. so you go back and you behave as if you were still that age in that trauma mm-hmm. um and people are probably going what are you talking about well just if you look around you can see it mm-hmm. it's very interesting yeah like oh you're like man how come that person's acting like a four-year-old right now? Uh-huh. Yes. What? Yeah. So some of it might be trauma-related. Absolutely. And some of it might just be unmet needs in childhood. There could be two things at play yeah. here, and we talk about this, and the trauma could look like um, 
a trauma where there's an absence of mm-hmm. something. There's a neglect. Yep. Like my trauma wasn't necessarily an event, mm-hmm. even though there were events. Yes. Mine was more of an overall childhood of neglect. Yes. So I had an absence of what I needed. Mm-hmm. Trauma A. You had more of a B trauma that was something happened, happened to, to you. Yeah. Bad happened to you. And you didn't have any resources to respond. Mm-hmm. And so every time that there is a trigger, you go back to that stuck space. On that. Yep. Yeah. So all that to say. Right. Well, it just it all of that played into where we were. Uh-huh. And then it, it but then as we're in counseling, these things start to get revealed right. and it allows us to put names to things. For me, yeah, it was very important deal. for me to put I didn't know how important this was for me, but it was to be able to name something and then I I can go after that thing. So like yeah. as we would go through counseling, you know, my counselor would say something like, you know, hey, that sounds like a um, whatever, like that's a 10 year old boy response or whatever. And um, OK, I can I can name that. Uh-huh. So now let me go after that. Yeah. And there's other things, you know, along the way. But that's what it is. As we're in counseling, it just began to reveal all these deep wounds that we had, yeah. the unmet needs that we had, the yeah. unmet expectations that we had yeah. and allowed us to continue to, to continue to heal and grow again because mm-hmm. I own my stuff, you owned your stuff, yeah. and now we're dealing with our own stuff. Yeah, and we got to own it with someone who was glad to be with us no matter what for the yeah. first time ever mm-hmm. in either one of our lives. Yeah, We had someone, it was funny, but we were like, I said to you at one point, I really hate that I have to pay people. <laughs> Everybody who is willing to sit with me right now in my life, I have to pay them to sit there. Yeah. But... <laughs> Praise God. But praise God that they sat. Yeah. And our counselor with such a genuine, earnest heart yeah. became a person who who would stay with us no matter what. Yeah. And it was the first time we had been given that gift. Yeah. And we had the strangest part is we had known how to give that gift to a point. Yeah. But then to experience it truly with this just um I don't know how to explain it because she's she's our counselor. So there's an appropriateness to the relationship. Mm -hmm. Right. But but it was it was the most real thing we had ever felt. Also, too, because she the modalities that she used were about Jesus being with us and what it was like to experience him being glad to be with us no matter what. Yeah. So we talk about this in collabs about joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yep. our definition of joy being mm-hmm. the experience of someone being glad to be with you no matter what. And the practice of what is it like for for you to experience Jesus being glad to be with you no matter what. Yeah. And those twice a week sessions for the first however many months first were just months. that. Yeah. Was just that. The fact that I could go to a place and there was a human being there waiting for me. And that human being helped connect me to Jesus who was also there waiting for me to experience his gladness to be with me. No matter how I showed up that day, no matter what I was feeling, no matter if I was feeling good or whether I was Mm -hmm. feeling like I just wanted to jump off a cliff somewhere, whether I was glad to be with myself or whether I was glad to be with no one, Mm -hmm. he was there and she was there. Yeah. And that is how the transformation started Mm -hmm. was the the experience of knowing Mm -hmm. that Jesus and our counselor was glad to be Mm -hmm. with us no matter what. Yeah. And lo and behold, we didn't know this, but that was intentional. Oh, absolutely. On her part the entire time. Yeah. And this is what I love about the style of counseling that she does. And later that we've adapted so much of Table and Well out of is 
understanding that in order to be able to heal, mm-hmm. we need joy. Yeah. We need those experiences of people being glad to be with us, mm-hmm. to heal from trauma, to heal from whatever it is. Yeah. And so there wasn't a lot of talk about, <laughs> so what's wrong? What are what are the hard parts? Let's talk yeah. about your deepest, darkest. She has never asked me my history. No, yeah. It's completely been led by by the Holy Spirit of, you know, whatever comes to mind that day. Right. And the one time we did try to have a marriage counseling <laughs> session, it set us back by about three months because it was we weren't we weren't again, we weren't we you and I did not you have and a joy I, base. We we didn't have a joy base and we weren't relationally mature enough to handle, handle the conversation that conversation yeah. at that time. Yeah. And so yeah, that was Yeah. So she just spent months just building a joy base enough for our brain to be able to say, okay, if something, if I have to think Mm -hmm. of a scary thing that happened to me or something that was really hard, or I have a overwhelming emotion that I know that I'm safe here yeah, and that I know that I'm not alone here. yeah, And that was a huge gift. A lot of times when we go into counseling, it's like, okay, tell me the deep, dirty, dark secrets and let's just like talk those through and you'll feel better. You're good. Okay, good. Um, I'm really, really grateful for that gift yeah. that she gave us in that regard, Absolutely. even just to start. Yeah. You've been listening to the Table and Well podcast. New episodes stream every Tuesday. To begin your journey to relational health, go to tableandwellco.com forward slash community 101. Again, that's tableandwellco.com forward slash community 101.